Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, this is John Katsimatidis. My God, Monday came so fast this week. Uh, we have a great show for you today. Uh, we in the uh, in the studio. We have a common sense uh, Democrat, Con- uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, and a and a common sense uh, Republican, Congressman uh, Peter King. And you know King's Highway. You you heard of King's Highway? <laughs> he has promised that he will not put any tolls on King's Highway. Yeah. And a special guest. We have uh, Con- Congressman Ken Buck. From the great state of Colorado, where uh, we're going to ask him a couple of sensitive questions and uh, about what's going on with all all, all the uh, drugs out there, and uh, are people still normal or have they gone into bizarro world? Guess what? They have a lot of experience in Colorado, John. On that one, right? A lot Congressman? of Wow. Uh, and a special guest, another special guest. We have Jack King, uh, Congressman Peter King's grandson here, and. Uh, Jack King, your real name is Jack King Sweeney, right? So, now, with a name like Jack King, you can make movies. I could see it. Jack King attacks Moscow. I mean, I could see that movie happening someday. Well, happy birthday. You're 19 years old. Aww. You have your whole life in front of you. You're going to live to the year 2120 at least. And uh, God bless you. You want to say uh, hi to the audience? Yeah, he's got to say hi. You got to say hi, Jack. Come on, we love you here. Saying hi, all's well. Right? <laughs> well, well, he's doing screen, great. Screen test. Screen test. Screen Have test. a happy birthday. Thank you, Jack. We love you. We're happy. Thank You're you, here. John, very much. Thank awesome. You. And in in the studio today, uh, we have the the congressman, and we have such a great show afterwards. But Congressman Buck, it's Colorado, and the uh, the. the that was the first state to adopt marijuana and to adopt drugs. Where the heck is Colorado now? Yeah, yeah. and recreational, right? Recreational marijuana. Right. First state to legalize recreational marijuana. And, uh, you know, the, the, they have not done enough studies. You would think that it's been 10 years, more than 10 years at this point, um, and they would be studying it. Clearly, the uh, uh, number of people that are, are going into rehab has gone up. Clearly, the um, uh, traffic uh, incidents have gone up. Clearly, uh, in, in our uh, major city of Denver. Um, the homelessness uh, population has skyrocketed. Crime has skyrocketed. Is it related to marijuana? There's certainly some evidence that that suggests that. It's it's a real problem because uh, I know your your Colorado governor has been endorsing a lot of people in New York, especially uh, in Suffolk County. Uh, the fact is, uh, you know what I've said publicly? I said marijuana hurts. Our teenagers hurts, uh, especially from the ages of 12 to 26. If you talk to any uh, uh, neurologist, they'll tell you it damages their intelligence quotient, their IQ. Uh, I mean, if you're 60, 70 years old, 80 years old, and you want to do marijuana, do all the marijuana you want. But, you know, we got to protect our kids. We don't want to, we don't want to, uh, have a, all these kids grow up as dope heads. Yeah, and you know what? The, yeah, I'm reading a headline here. This is the other day, John. 2.7 million New Yorkers consuming marijuana at least once a month. And uh, New York Republicans now moving to try to ban uh, pot smoking 
uh, in public over the pungent odor. You've been a couple of days here in New York. Can you smell it everywhere like weekend, Congressman Buck? I got to tell you, um, I love being in the Big Apple for a few days. And it absolutely reminds me of the smells that I uh, 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 inhale when I am uh, in Denver, Colorado. Uh, yes, it's, there's plenty of it here. You and thought you escaped let's it. Talk about, <laughs> let's talk about the issues. Uh, what, what issues would you like to talk about today? Well, I, I feel very strongly about uh, an initiative that we have going on in Congress, and that is the uh, authorized use of military force. And, and so we are now in Syria with boots on the ground. We are in Iraq with boots on the ground um, in, in many other countries uh, based on a 2001 and 2002 authorization to President Bush. Um, that needs to be updated. It doesn't, it doesn't need to go away completely. Um, those should be repealed. There's actually one uh, that dates back to Korea. Uh, the Korean War, but those should be repealed and they should be replaced with something. And the main reason, uh, John, is that we need to make sure that our uh, troops know that Congress stands behind them financially. We're going to give them the best training. We're going to give them the best weapons. So um, I, I'm really hoping that that happens soon. Well, I know uh, we have uh, a, sen- a senator. What is it? Wicker. 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 Yeah, we have Wicker coming Wicker on later coming on. on. Yeah. He's very much concerned that we're falling behind the curve. In our Navy, our Air Force, uh, what say you? I mean, are you concerned about the same, uh, same I, I, things? I'm concerned about China. Uh, obviously, China, Russia yes. underperformed in Ukraine um, from their perspective. and uh, But China is an absolute uh, economic power, and they're using a lot of that economic power um, in the military. And really, the huge, huge issue to me in China is all the investment that American corporations are making there to develop artificial intelligence, to develop the technology. Not only does China steal our intellectual property, but they also have these companies that want to get into the Chinese market. And so they are using those companies and the uh, technology ultimately to harm this country. Speaking of uh, hacking, too, they hacked uh, on the flip side. They hacked uh, a couple of senior State Department officials here in the U.S. just recently. That's a huge concern. It's a huge concern, and and they're very good at it. And we are falling behind in in many aspects, but that's one of them. The cyber war is huge. Ted, it's great to have you here. Again, you're a great friend in Congress, and thank you for all your work. Let me just ask you, on the AUMF and other issues like that, is it going to be a bipartisan consensus or will this be part of a food fight? No, it's a bipartisan consensus. Um, uh, Chairman McCall is leading this. Um, uh, uh, ranking member uh, Gregory Meeks right. from New York is is a big part of it. Um, I, my guess is we have over 300, 350 Good. votes uh, to, in the House. Now, the Senate is a whole different animal. You know, we work hard in the House. They take naps. <laughs> but when they wake <laughs> up, hopefully they get some of this work done. By the way, uh, also, you were talking right before the show, we were talking about Jason Aldean, the country singer, and you were talking about some of the BLM riots and the ones that didn't happen in some of your areas. Because you, I don't know if you saw this, uh, but some of the protesters recently just got paid in a settlement by New York City uh, saying some of the cops were over the line. Uh, your reaction, Congressman Ken Buck? Well, did BLM pay for any of the houses or, or buildings that were uh, uh, torched? Did they pay for any of the damage that was done in these cities. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it is crazy. No, no, they bought some new mansions, I understand, uh, in Los Angeles and in... in the, oh, yeah, the big house, the mansions. That's right. mansions in, the, in Canada. Uh, does that count towards uh, helping the poor? Well, at least we know where their money went. Yeah, that, oh, touche, touche. Listen, you know, somebody complained the other day to Dominic Carter that uh, I was joking around about serious things. Well, either cry or laugh. I don't want to cry. I don't want to laugh. 
But with, through sarcasm, I think we can prove a point how stupid this whole thing is. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's ridiculous, and 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 BLM should be held accountable at some point. Yeah. Let's not forget Antifa, folks. They were just as active in destroying our mm-hmm. cities across the country as BLM. Now you said there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of that where you are. No, I, I think uh, that song resonates with a lot of people in the country because uh, those protests were around where the media was, and it, it wasn't outside because they knew what kind of reception they'd get. Those protests were devastating to New York, not just because of what was done then, but the fact that law enforcement didn't follow up. The district attorneys were not locking anyone up. They don't people, want to lock anybody up. You're vandalizing St. Patrick's Cathedral, walking out of stores, walk, and the DAs refused to prosecute. What them. a sense, you know, doing that to St. Patrick's uh, Cathedral. Terrible. Uh, and the cops felt like they couldn't well, do anything. I mean, that, I understand that is... Miranda Devine is on and wants to yep. talk about some interesting things. Congressman, maybe you'll have some questions for her, too. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, back. Yep, we've got uh, the New York Post columnist Miranda Devine, who has a blockbuster. Big news today uh, just came out recently that Devin Archer who is Hunter Biden's good friend and also on the Burisma board, uh, that he is going to be testifying. Maybe he's canceled a few times, but he's now scheduled again for the House Oversight Committee on Monday. That's James Comer's committee. Uh, Miranda Devine, uh, fill us in on what do you know about Devin Archer? Is he going to show up or is he going to cancel again? What do you think? Uh, well, look, this seems to be um, a final uh, decision that's been nutted out this afternoon by uh, Devin Archer's lawyer and the House Oversight Committee. And so, you know, it was going to be today, then it was going to be Thursday. Um, I think it was going to be last week at some point. Now it's uh, set, I think, in stone for Monday, July 31st. So um, I think that uh, you know, the House Oversight Committee, James Comer, says they're looking forward to that testimony very much. And remember that Devin Archer um, has been convicted in this um, Burnham uh, fraud investigation, uh, this trial um, of $60 million fraud. And so he's facing jail. He was um, already sentenced to one year and one day, and his his uh, appeal went nowhere. Um, of course, that company... Uh, Hunter Biden was involved in and earned some money from, but he was deemed by the Southern District of New York not to have been involved in that fraud and didn't know anything about it. Uh, but anyway, Devin Archer's heading off to jail, and so he has nothing to lose, really. Um, he he wants to tell the truth, uh, we're told, and he just wants to clear his conscience, and he's agreed to cooperate. He was asked to come and testify, and he's um, just decided to cooperate before he has to go off and and uh, go to jail. And elect- so, Miranda, you know, Miranda, tell us what what does he know too? Because that's the important thing. Um, your story was blockbuster, basically about these phone calls, about the dozen phone calls where Joe uh, was what on the speakerphone. Explain that. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. I thought we talked about it. Um, yes, no. He so Hunter Biden and Devin Archer were best friends for many years. They both were on the board of that corrupt uh, energy company, Barisma. And so Devin Archer was witness to a lot of meetings that Joe Biden had with Hunter's overseas business partners, whether they were from Ukraine, Russia, Kazakhstan, and so on. Um, and he, the, the new information here is that. Devin Archer is going to be telling the Oversight Committee that he witnessed up to a 
two dozen uh, phone calls at which Hunter Biden got his father on speakerphone and introduced him to his overseas business partners. He just slapped the phone on the table, put his father on speakerphone and introduced them to people around the table. Um, And also Devin Archer will talk about uh, how Joe Biden met in person uh, some of Hunter Biden's overseas business partners at, uh, for instance, there were two dinners at Cafe Milano that Hunter Biden organised to introduce his father to business partners from Ukraine and Russia and Kazakhstan and Mexico and so so on. Um, so that all flies in the face of Joe Biden's repeated insistence that he knew nothing about his son Hunter's overseas business dealings. Of course, that wording was changed today by the White House Press Secretary, who was asked again um, about Joe Biden's involvement in his son Hunter's overseas business dealings. And her answer, which sounded like it was formulated by a lawyer, was that Joe Biden was never in business with his son. Marina, I just want to before real quick, I just want to ask you real quick. Are you are you saying that Devin Archer is going to say he heard uh, Joe Biden on the phone with the business partners and that Hunter was there? And also, are, are, is your understanding a, is he did he actually say right. acknowledge that he's part of the deal or at least hearing about the deal? No. So so. So Joe Biden never in all of the meetings that we've heard about that he has with people to do with Hunter's business dealings, he never says anything specific. He just comes on the line. It's a demonstration by Hunter that he can get the vice president on the line anytime. All these incidents we're talking about are when Joe Biden was vice president. Uh, but but what I'm told by a number of people who uh, were knew about these and like Tony Bobolinsky, for instance, um, is that. Uh, Joe Biden keeps everything on a high level. It's all just pleasant vagaries, um, just general chit chat, uh, just introductions to people, and you know, hi, nice to talk to you. Weather's great, that sort of thing, and uh, and that's it. So it that's a, a, other than a, than a Washington circus. This is nothing conclusive unless there's something conclusive. Yeah, he could say, "I'm just introducing oh. my father," right? Or where is he going to go yeah, with this? Sure. Come on, really? No, that's that's ridiculous. What does um, Congressman Buck that, have to say what, about this? We have uh, uh, Miranda. We have Congressman Buck in the studio with us. Congressman Buck, any comments? Yeah, I have a comment. Um, my daddy taught me something, and I, I'm guessing that uh, my good friend and, and former colleague uh, Pete uh, King also learned this, and, and many of the viewers did also. You are judged by those who you associate with. When you associate with uh, people like uh, Hunter Biden is associated with in China and in, in Burisma and in so many other places, at some point you look awful guilty. And I agree that we have to have specific facts to be able to convict people. How many pe- how many people have you gone to fundraisers in Washington and took your pictures with possible mafia people and and you didn't know who they were? Well, I, I have to tell you, I'm very careful who I take my pictures. Now, it could have happened. Could have happened. But I didn't, I didn't make business deals with those people. I just look, if the man is guilty, I believe in, in, uh, in punishment. But we have to, you know, hey, w- would I vote for him? No. I, do I think he's guilty? I personally feel he's probably guilty. But it doesn't mean you're going to hang the guy. 
Well, and let's see where the evidence goes. I'm curious about the phone calls, guys, too. And and also, let's see what evidence Devin Archer has, too. I, what I was going to also ask, Miranda, is this meeting at Cafe Milano. Was Joe Biden there had, at that he, meeting? If he has tapes. Yeah, if there's tapes, he, he exactly. Says something wrong. But, but Miranda herself said right now he took the high road and said, how you doing? How's the weather? And what about what about yeah. the meeting at uh, Cafe Milano? Tell us about that, too. Yeah, and look, I mean, John's put his finger on it, and this is exactly the defense that we are hearing and are going to continue to hear from the Biden camp, which is that, you know, he was just chatting to his son because he's a good father, et cetera. Um, and, and you're right. Uh, and so at the moment, obviously, but there is enough uh, evidence there that um, cir- circumstantial evidence, enough of these jigsaw puzzle pieces, whether it be the Cafe Milano meetings that Joe Biden lied about and said he, he wasn't there and he didn't meet these people. And then later on, after he was elected, uh, the White House admits that, yes, well, he did show up, but only for a short time. And, you know, he never never discussed anything. Well, that's, um, that's the so, problem. He claims that he never met them. I mean, he already said, I've never met him. I never had anything, uh, I didn't uh, know Judge my, Weinberg. Right. And I didn't know anything about my son's business dealings, except he's on the phone when his son is talking about business dealings. And so the son took right. the flight to China, right. too. Right. You were talking about the right. flight, the right. congressman. I mean, he takes the flight. <laughs> I think the thing that we're sort of missing here is that Joe Biden has been running this sort of influence peddling scheme out of Delaware for 50 years, and he's he's a past master at it. And I mean, it's a it's a Washington wide well, disease. I think it's bipartisan. The guy, the and, guy in New York, uh, has been uh, uh, running uh, killing women possibly for 18 years. The Gilgo Beach guy but, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. But finally, justice looks like he's going to prevail. So if he has done something wrong, I we want justice to prevail. Well, obviously, I mean, corruption is very corrosive and it's damaging to uh, the country and the faith that people have in institutions. It also compromises those people who are corrupted. And we now have the president of the United States and serious questions around whether he's been compromised by the millions of dollars that his family took in from Ukraine, Russia, China. And I and, want uh, Miranda, and, I want to know from Devin Archer why they set up shell companies. Yeah, it just looks so bad. And not just a shell company, it's like 20 shell that's companies. That's what I'm saying. I say it smells really bad. And then the son of a bee, I got rid of the prosecutor. The famous Ukraine moment, you know, with the prosecutor who happened to be investigating Burisma. And that's why I think Devin Archer could be enormous. I mean, this could open the floodgates, right, Miranda? Well, look, all Devin Archer is going to do is tell the truth as he knows it. Also, his documents that were uh, seized by the FBI um, that he has and are being subpoenaed by the Oversight Committee, they're um, frozen in time at 2016. Uh, nothing was deleted. A lot of it will augment what was in the laptop and some which some material that was deleted. Miranda, so we we got to go. we got Ambassador Bolton calling in. And we have to take this call. But Miranda, we right. love you. Thank you for everything you do for America. And tell the truth always. And God bless you and God bless America. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. Thank you, Miranda, very much. And you just heard it. We're going to have uh, Ambassador John Bolton Is John Bolton up. on or should we take a break first? Take a quick Let's break. Let's take a quick break and then we'll have John's Ambassador John Bolton. And we have some interesting questions for him.
Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Katz and Cosby. Well, lots of stuff happening overseas, including in Israel. And we continue here in studio with Judge Richard Weinberg. Also, Congressman Ken Duck, Ken Buck from the great state of Colorado, uh, and also former Congressman Peter King. Um, Ambassador John Bolton, great to have you here on the show. I know you were just with, uh, recently with Congressman Ken Buck, right? Uh, indeed, down in Florida. So, hey, Ken, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Awesome. It's great to have you guys here uh, together here on the show. Um, Congressman, uh, um, you know, one of the things we're talking with the ambassador about here is Israel. Um, because there's so much going on, uh, big stuff happening there overseas today. I want to get your reaction, Ambassador, on that because of the protests that are happening. Um, it's over uh, judicial reforms. Explain the significance because there's so many developments happening. And, of course, we just had the president of Israel here uh, before Congress last week. Well, I think uh, there's a lot that's misunderstood in this country. The, the legislation that was passed today simply uh, forbids the Supreme Court of Israel from invalidating legislation passed by the parliament uh, on the basis that the court the court thinks it's unreasonable. Uh, I, I think that's a perfectly sensible thing to do. I mean, can you imagine in this country if we had the court uh, uh, basing its decisions on the personal opinions of the judges, the policy positions? That That's just not what court, courts are for. In fact, the current Israeli practice, I think, is the thing that's undemocratic. And I think that the protesters uh, are, are really uh, posing uh, problems for democracy, too. And in particular, the military reservists who are saying, as they're in their status as reservists, that they will resign from the military or take other steps if these laws are passed. You know, there's another word for that. It's called military coup d'etat. Uh, to have members of the military using their military status to affect public policy. So I I think Netanyahu, I I don't necessarily agree with every single one of the judicial reforms, but the one that was passed today seems to me uh, to be the one that's actually moving toward a more democratic uh, Israel. Hey, John, this is Pete King. I I think the problem we have is that the left somehow always controls the narrative. They're saying right now that Netanyahu is waging a war against democracy, when the fact is you said having unelected judges can basically o- overrule the Knesset, can overrule uh, the prime minister's appointments. And to me, that is a real attack on democracy. Exactly. I mean, I think we should ask our liberal friends in this country, well, how about we adopt that policy? Let the Supreme Court decide on the reasonableness yeah. of legislation. And by the way, let's make it effective immediately. Uh, Judge Weinberg. And Ambassador, you're absolutely right, because there is no written constitution in the state of Israel. Therefore, you're allowing the unelected Supreme Court of Israel to make public policy. And it is anti-democratic. And the other thing that troubles me is at this time with Israel is under such great threat to have these internal divisions just opens them up to more problems. What say you? 
No, I, I think that's right. That's what makes this participation by the reservists and others, again, not, not look, as individual citizens, they can think anything they want, but they're asserting their opposition to these various uh, proposals Netanyahu has made on the basis that they are reservists and will not serve. You know, there's another thing that Netanyahu has proposed, uh, which is to to uh, change the basically self-perpetuating nature of the judicial system in Israel. You can imagine, again, what our liberal friends would say here, if effective immediately, we allowed the Supreme Court to name its own successors. How about that? Uh, what Netanyahu is saying is let the elected uh, representatives of the Israeli people pick judges and not the, the sitting judges and their version of the Bar Association. Again, I think what Netanyahu is proposing is more democratic, not less democratic. And everybody, we're talking to Ambassador John Bolton. We have uh, Congressman Ken Buck here. You're um, on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, too, also. Now, right. there, there was a big uh, issue over the weekend. Spain. Spain, all, all of a sudden, they thought that the uh, uh, right wing and the conservatives were going to take a position. I understand they needed 176 votes. They only got 166. Uh, Ambassador, what's happening in Spain? Well, I think the uh, center right and right underperformed, but I think uh, one thing to draw people's attention to is that the popular party, the, 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 the basically the Spanish equivalent of the Republican Party, took seats away from the extreme, extreme right party, took seats away from the center, uh, came very, very close to getting that majority, got more than the center left party that's been ruling the country. So I think uh, people will have to analyze why the the, uh, the the rights performance was below what the polls said. I, I think this looks to be a prescription for gridlocks. Many have said they think there'll be a new election before the end of the year because nobody will be able to form a government. But what it what it has to represent, if you just look at the numbers, is the creation of the ruling Socialist Party. Didn't give the right a clear majority, uh, but it said the Spanish people are very divided. They don't buy the government from the left they've had the past several years. Yeah, uh, what a mess. Congressman, Congressman Buck, yeah, your thoughts. Well, uh, Ambassador, I had just one question for you, I guess, back on Israel. Um, if if reservists are, in, in my opinion, um, acting in a disloyal way, um, what message does that send to terrorist groups like Hamas? What message does that send to Iran and others who, who would do harm to, to Israel? Well, it's a terrible message. I think that's a very important point. And a lot of these reservists have threatened to resign uh, if this legislation is passed. I mean, I let them resign in the first place. But, but you have to ask yourself, under existing Israeli law, is it really permissible for members of the military to engage in this kind of activity? And again, these people are reservists, but they're not they're not out there demonstrating as, as citizens. They're out there trying to impress the world that the that their military status. Uh, is what's at issue here. And I just think that's very dangerous. You can imagine how people would feel in this country if we saw the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Congressman King, do you have anything to uh, ask the ambassador? I have a million questions to ask the ambassador. Yeah. He always answers them great. He's a good friend and a great patriotic American, and I can listen to him all day and all night. <laughs> that's a tee up for you ambassador all right take it away well, I, no th thanks so much you've got two uh, great members of congress one former one one current there today so you're you're rich in hill expertise well thank you uh, thank, thank you, you ambassador. ambassador for everything you've done for our country um, and continue to speak out for our country god bless you and god bless america 
Thanks again. You too, John. Okay, Thanks. we're going to take a break. And who do we have after the break? We have another congressman. We've got no, congressman. Senator. Yeah, well, no, we've got congressman Mike Lawler. No, we yeah. Yeah, we have him first. He's coming up first. Okay. And then we have Senator Roger Wicker. You're right. So we've, we've got wow. a full deck. We have an action-packed show here on Cats and, and I understand Vito Fasella is going to call in at the same time as Lola. Yeah, big news on the congestion pricing. Oh you definitely God. want to hear about this. They are, I understand that Vito is supporting uh, Governor Phil Murphy from New Jersey and saying, no damn way. Let's take that break. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Congestion pricing. Are we putting a second nail in the coffin of Manhattan's New York City? Congressman King, would you want to do the introductions? Yeah, surely. First of all, we have one great friend of mine on the phone, Mike Lawler. Was a great congressman, and then Vito Fasala, who sometimes is a friend, sometimes he just uh, he and I go back and forth. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad he's out in Staten Island there, you know, not in there. So no, seriously, Vito is an old, old dear friend. I'm, yeah. It's great to have him on. So but again, this is an issue that really so much affects the economy of the entire downstate New York region. So uh, Mike and Vito, just take it on. Go ahead, Vito. You're joining the lawsuit, right? Yeah, so thanks, and great to be with you all. And, and Peter is, a, is has been a great friend. I'm not really so sure about today, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but no, this is on a serious note. Uh, congestion pricing was bandied about for quite some time, and we finally uh, have stepped forward and said, you know, enough is enough. We can't let this thing happen. People of Staten Island would get punished on three different levels. Uh, one financially, uh, already pay too many tolls going into Manhattan as it is. This will just be one more cost. The, their own study that the state uh, had done with the federal government demonstrates that air quality will actually get worse if this plan is in, implemented, and it will increase traffic on Staten Island, which we all know is probably the number one quality of life issue as it is. So uh, three strikes and you're out. On Saturday, I spoke with the attorney, Randy Master, who's a great guy and a great attorney. Uh, trying to join the New Jersey lawsuit. And New Jersey has a unique sort of perspective on it. So we may not be able to join theirs, but we intend to bring our own lawsuit to try to stop congestion pricing. And Mike uh, Lola, and put the brakes on it. Mike Lola, what's, what's the mood up in Rockland and uh, uh, Westchester? I mean, that, that whole area must really be getting devastated by this or could be devastated by it. Well, no question. In Rockland County, uh, you know, we pay a va- we have a value gap. We pay fifty million more in taxes to the MTA than services we receive. We don't have a one seat ride. Uh, we're reliant on New Jersey Transit. Express Rail service has been cut. I've been opposed to this from the very beginning. I introduced legislation as the state assemblyman to eliminate the congestion pricing scheme. It's nothing more than a money grab. It's not going to do anything to to reduce. Uh, carbon emissions or, uh, you know, positively impact the environment. It's actually going to negatively hurt uh, communities in areas like the Bronx. Uh, It is targeted uh, to the outer boroughs and suburban communities. Mike, I think you're 100% right, and I think Vito is 100% right. This is John Katsimatidis. Manhattan in New York City already has one nail in the coffin. The stores are empty. The streets yep. are empty. The restaurants mm-hmm. are empty. I mean, if if we were back in normal and they wanted to do congestion pricing, I could understand that. But like I think Vito well, said but, on said it on uh, on Sunday when I heard him on uh, one of the network stations, 
it's awfully dumb but, but, to, to John, pass John, this legislation because you're going to put two nails in the coffin. John, look, right. look at it this way. This is about money. The MTA loses about $500 million a year in people who jump the turnstiles. Crime on the, on the subways have, has created a mess. You have Uber and Lyft drivers everywhere. New York City has reduced the, the number of traffic lanes from three down to one with restaurants on the street. Uh, you got city bikes on the street. And they're doing nothing to actually deal with congestion. This is a money grab. That's all it was designed to be. And you just look at what Tom DiNapoli came out with saying that New York State is looking at a $9.1 billion budget deficit next year. Mm -hmm. They're $36 billion short in revenue. And all they did was create congestion pricing and increase, uh, you know, payroll taxes on small businesses to get the MTA $2 billion in funds. It's a total joke. The plan needs to be dead on arrival. I support uh, Vito in his efforts as, lo- as, as well as Governor Murphy uh, in his efforts. Josh Gottheimer and I introduced legislation earlier this year that would strip the MTA of federal funds if they proceeded with uh, congestion pricing. Uh, this is totally unacceptable, and we need to all collectively do everything we can to kill it. Yeah, it is crazy. You know, um, Vito Fisella, too. The other thing, Vito, is like Staten Island seems to be like not involved in this process whatsoever. Um, John, the other day we were talking about the people that were in the room. Nobody from Staten Island. It seems like uh, like they haven't thought about the impact. No, Staten Island, unfortunately, had the reputation of being forgotten borough because very often the MTA left. Staten Island out of it. I know Mike has been a, a really a big champion on this, and I know for, for quite some time he's opposed it. So we welcome, we're not just a welcome, but I applaud what all he's, he has done to stop this. And as John mentioned, uh, you were coming out of a COVID environment. Everybody's debating how we get people back to the offices, back to restaurants, back to stores. And now you're going to provide a disincentive to do so. And Mike just mentioned the Uber and Lyft drivers. What about the, the truck deliveries, too, that block traffic? There is an anti-car culture in this city, and they do everything they can to make driving as miserable as possible. This is a driving tax, and not only that, will make the citizens of the outer boroughs, including Staten Island, tourists and not equal citizens in this city. I think it should be stopped because it's unfair. Uh, You know, the other aspect of this is the funds are supposedly for capital improvements. Yes. There I mean, really the money is going to be, the money, the money is going to go down to, to someplace in the sewer. So it's going to be, what's the, what's the word, uh, Peter King in, uh, uh, in, uh, Brooklyn, the money is going to be glommed. glommed. It's going to be lost. Exactly it's going to be lost someplace glommed. in action. I was ready money, for an Irish The money word. is never going to go to what, it's, uh, <laughs> like, what, what like they're every, saying. Like everything else the MTA has done over the last many decades. <laughs> right. And right every, to, every penny they've Look at given. the list of the people they, mm. they, they put on the board to approve this thing. I mean, I'm very disappointed. And nobody in all from of Staten them. Island. Nobody I from am, Staten Island. No, the fix is Staten in. Island, the fix nobody is from in. New Jersey. The fix is in. F I X. The fix is in. We got to go, guys. Thank you, uh, Congresswoman. Uh, uh, Mike Lawler, thank you, Borough President uh, Vito Fasella. Keep fighting for our constituents. Keep fighting for New Yorkers. Thank you so much. And now we have uh, the United States Senator, Senator Rutger, yep. on the phone. 
And he says, we're in trouble if we don't beef up our Navy, our Air Force. Yeah. Our Army. It's a huge issue. Senator. All right. We've got a Senator Roger Wicker. Great to talk with you again, Senator, from the great state, of course, of Mississippi. I must say I enjoyed listening to my old friends uh, Peter and Vito on that last segment. (laughs) (laughs) To hear their voices after all these years. And guess what? We also have Congressman Ken Buck from Colorado in studio with us, too. So this is a full house today. And Judge Richard Weinberg, thank you. Roger, can I ask you one question? Can you understand me and Vito? Because a long time there, you had a hard time (laughs) figuring out that. Absolutely. These New York accents. (laughs) <laughs> and you'll be pleased to know I, I'm not wearing shoes. Like us Mississippians. Oh. Let me just say, Roger is a great friend, a great senator, mm-hmm. and really a tremendous patriot. So it's great to have you on, Roger. Well, thank you, Peter. And I'll tell you, we, uh, we're trying to do a national defense bill right now. And, uh, and clearly, we don't have enough attack submarines to uh, defend ourselves in the Pacific and to deter China from doing something stupid that would change the course of history. And at the same time, we've agreed to give uh, three attack submarines away to Australia, which I think we should do, but uh, not before we have a plan to adjust, uh, to uh, increase our industrial base and, and make more attack submarines in the United States for our own safety. Senator, how bad off are we with submarines? And, and you know, the conversation about submarines came about um, when Joe Biden sort of let it slip in the interview that we were short on munitions. Um, where are we at? Because that's a huge concern. Well, well, we, we don't have uh, nearly enough. And the, the fact is the plan that the Biden administration has now uh, shows us actually having fewer submarines than we do now. Uh, clearly, we need um, uh, Australia to help us. I love the AUKUS. Uh, treaty that we're being asked to approve and ratify, and uh, they're they're going to kick in three billion American dollars for to help us, but that's not nearly enough to replace the three attack submarines we've agreed to give them. So we we are we're not where we need to be, and we're going backwards. I want to help our commander in chief make us safer and make us less likely to be a target for the communist Chinese in the Pacific. Absolutely. And everybody, we are talking uh, to the great senator from Mississippi, Roger Wicker, here on Cats and Cosby. Judge Weinberg, now, you... It's also, there's also a, uh, <laughs> a submarine. There's also a nuclear submarine off the coast of North Korea that everybody's getting yeah. uh, all upset about. Uh, do you know anything much about it, Senator? Uh, I don't know anything that I could discuss with you. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. oh I, I, I Congressman Ken Buck is smiling. He's smiling too. Listen, they they uh, they don't have to pay into Social Security in communist China. They don't have a lot of the of the programs that we have for our citizens, and so they've been spending. Uh, very generously on their military, and their Navy is about to get bigger than ours. Now, when Ronald Reagan took office and believed in peace through strength, we expanded our Navy to 600 ships, and guess what happened during the 12 years that followed? No one ever attacked us. It was the Soviet Union then, and they understood that we intended, we intended to defend ourselves and to and to make 
the investment so we wouldn't have to spend 10 times more if a war broke out. Senator, we need to go back to Reagan's peace through strength. Senator Judge Richard Weinberg, good to talk to you again, sir. I just wanted to point out, I just saw an article in Gatestown which says as follows, that there are now listening stations being created by China in the Arctic, and that's an attempt to be able to use the technology to knock out our submarines and as a direct threat to uh, the United States and Canada. Do you know about that? Well, there, there's no question about it. Um, China views itself as an Arctic power. And, of course, we, we know that Russia has felt it was an Arctic power uh, all along. Uh, there's, there's going to be more commerce and more defense uh, vessels going through the Arctic. Uh, in in future years, and we need to be competitive there. It's just another reason why we need a 355-ship Navy. We didn't come up with that number ourselves. The generals and admirals that do the assessment said that's the minimum we need. Several years ago, uh, we put that in the statute, and and basically the Biden administration has sort of viewed that um, as as sort of advisory uh, too bad we can't do it, but uh, it's impossible. Well, what they need to do is give us a plan to increase our industrial base, to get the submarines that we need. These are attack submarines and defend this country so we won't, so we're less likely to have a war. You know, usually enemies try to sneak up on us. China has explicitly said they want to be ready in 2027 to uh, to take Taiwan. So, uh, I mean, my view is we should believe them, and, uh, and and I hope we have that long. But this is the last National Defense um, Authorization Act we will have that will have ships and attack submarines. So is that why? By 2027. Senator, I understand 2027. The Admiral Stavridi said 2024 at one time or 2034. And is that why uh, we have uh, – uh, ramped up our chip production because they, we know in advance that they're going to try to take uh, Taiwan in 2027 and we're trying I to replace wish, the chip I production? I wish I could say that we had ramped up our ship production. The fact is that we have not ramped up our ship production. We've authorized it in, uh, in, in the uh, um, National Defense Authorization Act several years ago, actually, when, when John McCain was the Republican leader on the uh, Armed Services Committee. But there there has not been a ramping up. So I think it would be inaccurate to say that's why we need to. It's, it's why we need to provide deterrence so we can avoid, uh, avoid spending trillions in the next five or ten years fighting a war. Yeah, absolutely. Big, serious stuff. Uh, well, Senator, thank you so much for joining us here on Cats and Cosby. We love having you on. you got to come back on again soon. I'd, I'd love to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank, thank, you, Senator. thank you, Senator Roger Wicker. Uh, big, big, serious stuff. And now we're going to Bill O'Reilly. Uh, of course, he hosts Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly every night here on WABC Radio. We got Bill here on the phone and, of course, mega best-selling author. And, uh, yesterday we had a big event with yeah. uh, Bill O'Reilly, with uh, Geraldo Rivera uh, at uh, the uh, home of... Uh, it was Vicki Schnepp's, Vicky right? Vicki Schnepp's home that owns was... Dan's paper. Yep. And uh, I introduced Bill O'Reilly, and Bill O'Reilly was the honoree uh, uh, for that... Uh, 
Life's work, it. right? Life's work, Life's and work which helps some. Goes back to Geraldo yes. and Vicky Schnapps back to Staten Island. Yes. It, it goes back uh, to the early days. Willowbrook, which was uh, Geraldo's big scoop, yeah. um, where uh, the disabled individuals, the rights of disabled individuals, exposing them to the world. Uh, and he's done amazing work. And how beautiful that Bill was there, you, John, of course, and also Geraldo. It was 110 in the shade. <laughs> Is that true, Bill O'Reilly? Was it 110 in the shade? It was a little warm. There's no doubt about it. I was pleased to be there. I wouldn't have cared if it was 150. Um, you know, the uh, charity basically uh, provides housing for uh, adults who have autism, who are trying to uh, get mainstreamed into our society, but need uh, certain facilities to do that. And uh, Rivera, who I've known since the War of 1812. <laughs> uh, what side was he on? <laughs> as champion this charity for decades and I'm I'm pleased to be a part of it and uh WABC uh John Casavitidis made a nice donation um to help these kids and basically what I said was uh that even though we live in a divisive country now we're at each other's throats over a lot of things um historically when Americans see one of their own in a circumstance that isn't of their own making, they help them. So there, by the grace of God, is a cliche, but any of us could have been born with autism and have anything to do with uh, anything other than luck, uh, luck of the draw. And so we have an obligation to help those people, those Americans, as much as we can, and that's what life work does, and that's why I showed up. and. Uh, I was happy to be there. Bravo. And Vicky has done such amazing work. By the way, I'm the godmother of two autistic uh, young men, so um, I have such appreciation well, you know, for that. Rita, yeah. You know, Rita, you know that we all have to get involved, and not only with autism, but all of the things <clears throat> that befall our comrades. Um, you know, if we had more of that spirit in America that, yeah, okay, we disagree on stuff, but in the end, um, if somebody needs help, we help them. Absolutely. Hey, Bill O'Reilly, I want to ask you, too. I'm sure you heard this news that uh, Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's uh, right hand business guy, longtime friend, uh, a date has now been set for him to testify uh, for the Oversight Committee, Comer's Committee on Monday. Uh, your thoughts. You wrote a big column about uh, about Joe Biden. Yeah, it's closing in on Joe Biden. There's no doubt about it. It reminds me. And I said this last week on uh, Cass and Cosby. It reminds me very much of Watergate, so parallel, and it's closing in on him. So Archer, uh, he was with Hunter Biden in the grift, the 17 to $30 million grift where foreign operations were pouring money into the Biden family, and Archer got a cut. There's no doubt about it, no two sides to the story. Um, that is what Devin Archer did. So he's uh, postponed his uh, reckoning with the House Oversight Committee three times. And I said tonight on the Common Sense at 9 o'clock on WABC, it's pretty much you got to show up, Devin, or uh, you're going to get it right between the eyes legally. So this guy's already in big trouble. And on Monday, he's going to go into the Oversight Committee privately 
testify under oath. It's going to be in writing in the sense that there will be a stenographer there and he'll have to sign. Uh, Devin Archer will have to sign the statement after the interview. Now, you can be assured that interview will be released to the public. Because the, Dem- the Democrats who keep denying Biden denies everything, but the Republicans are after Biden. And this is payback for Trump. If anybody thinks it isn't, you're crazy. Not to say that you wouldn't have gone after Biden anyway had there not been all of this stuff directed to Trump, but here it is. This is payback. Hey, hey Bill, this is Pete King. Now, you mentioned Watergate. One difference could be, though, that the national media was against Nixon. And also, in those days, the Republicans and Democrats are working together. Today, the Democrats are locked in, and the national media is ignoring the story. Do you think there's yeah, enough ways to get it out? The grift is, the charges are the same, basically. Yeah, the same. exactly. Yeah, maybe worse. A sitting president uh, committed a felony, and Nixon did. And once they got him on tape, Nixon himself, and those tapes were released, is over. Now, Biden, I just want to make one more point about Devin Archer. What Archer's value to the Republicans is that he can put Joe Biden in the meetings with Hunter Biden and the foreign nationals. That's what he can do. If he does that, all hell will break loose on Monday. Yeah, what what do you see happening on Monday if he does do that? Because apparently, uh, at least according to multiple reports, that is indeed what he's claiming. Whether he says it or not is another thing, but you're right. He's got to say it, yep. and he's got to say it clearly. On this date, Vice President Biden showed up and did this. Okay. So assuming he does that, it'll be released. The press is not going to change. It will do everything to ignore or diminish the story. But on the right, it will then blow up. The problem is the next day, Congress disappears for five weeks. Okay? They're gone. They're on summer vacation. Yeah. And Pete King, when he used to be congressman, he was out of Robert Moses State Park on a duck. <laughs> not not Gilgo Beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was there in like five minutes after the break, right, Congressman <laughs> King? Well, that's because Bill was a lifeguard yeah, out there. Oh, uh, That's right. That's right. By the way, we have in so, studio with us also Congressman Ken Buck. Who's also joining us here in studio too? Also, well, I don't know about Congressman Buck and whether he had a duck float, but I, I was. Out <laughs> they don't have too many oh, in now, Colorado. You, you missed dinner after dinner. We went out to Southampton, uh, uh, Bill, and on, yeah. uh, on the table on my right was Andrew Cuomo, and the table on my left was Bruce Blakeman. I mean, I, I wow. was I was the guy in the middle. Wow. Oh, that's an interesting. That's an interesting uh, yeah, combination. I hope you bought him drinks there, John. No, I didn't. Been, I didn't want to make a, a contrib- campaign oh God, contribution. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, look, we, we, we greeted each other. Everybody was fine. Yeah, I mean, and that's the way it should be. Yes. You know, and, and John was nice enough to invite me, but I was on my way back to Nassau at the time. And I, and I, I mean, I worked so much, it's ridiculous, but I'm not whining. Well, <laughs> I would have liked to have been there. So I could have disrupted the whole Bill O'Reilly, thing. I'm going to listen to you tonight at 9 o'clock on, uh, on WABCradio.com worldwide and 185 countries. And, and uh, between 9 and 10, what are you going to talk about? Well, I'm going to talk about the big WABC-sponsored O'Reilly 
Sid Rosenberg show. Oh, oh I want to be there. Oh, yeah. State of mind. I oh. look forward. I look forward to that in October, October right? October twenty seventh at the Paramount in Huntington. Thank Go you so much. Go to for advanced tickets. Oh, that'll it's be great. Be a blast. That'll be Thank great. You. Phil, we and love you. Guys, what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. way. God bless America. Reporting from the Daily Planet Building. <laughs>